Life contains but two tragedies. One is not to get your heart's desire. The other is to get it. Socrates. Welcome back to another episode of the Coach's Corner Podcast, helping you build a passion-fueled, money-making online coaching business that changes the lives of thousands of clients. And I'm really excited you're here because the fire that Mark LeBert is spilling for you today is literally life-changing. And just from humble beginnings of doing some in-home training and having a few clients to building a world-renowned personal brand that sells products and gyms and travels around the world and does speaking and all this amazing stuff, always producing new products and always finding new ways to market. He really knows what he's talking about. And what I really focus on in this episode is diving in deep to not only his story, but all the failures that he encountered along the way because there are huge lessons in failure. All the biggest lessons I've ever learned were through my own failures. And so I try to be as open as I can with sharing my failures to hopefully help others avoid making some of those same mistakes so they can fast track their path to success. We're also going to be diving into things like Mark's source of his relentless drive and how you can model it and use it, letting go of things that don't serve you so you can get to the next level, how to leverage your skills and create products for your clients, whether those are online products or physical products, diving into why sales and marketing is key if you want to grow a coaching business and the importance of reinvesting back into your business, especially at first, one of the big mistakes I made early on as well, plus a ton more. The episode's about 33 minutes And I really, really hope that you enjoy, take some notes and apply what you learn. Again, all these episodes are completely free. I don't want anything returned, but if you do find this podcast valuable, simply like and share it with a few coaches you know who could benefit from listening to the Coach's Corner podcast. With that being said, enjoy the episode and I'll see you on the other side. What is going on? Welcome to the Coach's Corner, a podcast dedicated to helping coaches get more clients, make more money, and book themselves solid. I'm your host, Lucas Rubik's The Coach's Coach, and I am 100% committed to helping you build the coaching business of your dreams. Welcome to The Coach's Corner. Hey, what's going on, coaches? It's Lucas from The Coach's Corner Podcast, helping coaches build a business they love. And I'm really, really excited with the guest we have on today because he found a way to find something he absolutely loves and turn it into a business. So today we got Mark LeBert. How you doing, Mark? I'm doing great, Lucas. Thanks for having me on. I know I pronounced the, you know, the Canadian or the the American way of Mark Lebert. It's more of a, it's more, it's it's Quebec. Lebert, Lebert. Yeah, the the silent T. So it's uh, Lebert. Lebert, Lebert, Lebert. <laughs> yeah. uh, the inventor of the Lebert. I'm just gonna say Lebert. Lebert equalizer. Lebert buddy system. The Lebert stretch strap. Lebert fitness and fitness nation. Mark, I think I went to like page four or five of Google today trying to find as much as I could. And I've seen all this success that you've had in the last 10, 15 years you've been building this, but I didn't see much of a story. So I'm really, really excited to dive into your story and just kind of go piece by piece of where you started, how it all began. I love failure and I'm always trying to invest in people's failures. So hopefully I can avoid doing some of the same or be cautious when I'm entering that territory. And the amazing empire that you've built nowadays with traveling all around the world and getting to probably do what you love every single day. Yeah, no, I, I, I do um, enjoy everything about my job and, and, and I do love it. So like you said earlier, it's not work. It, it really is a blast and, and it's super creative learning more about business and developing and launching products and 
meeting trainers and the travel. It's all amazing. You did mention something really interesting saying, you know, about failures and you had to search to find more about my story. So just that in itself makes me think I could do a better job on telling more of my story. Uh, so that's really interesting. So I'm going to actually take that. <laughs> I am, uh, yeah, I'm like a fiend of like how deep can we dive in? So if you're cool with diving in deep, um, for myself and the listeners and just, I think you learn most from failure and making those mistakes. So I'm really interested to dive into that. Now, nowadays, I mean, I, I saw some accolades like the top 100 fitness entrepreneurs in the industry by the fitnessinterviews.com. And then I started searching even deeper and it's just, you got your systems, you're traveling all around the world. It's all fine and dandy. When did you start this whole journey and what did your first business look like? Uh, yeah, so I'm basically a serial entrepreneur. Um, I, when I left uh, college and university, I went to college then university because, well, they had great weight rooms and I like to drink beer. <laughs> so uh, when I left, I had two job offers. One was working security at a mall and one was at a fitness club. And I just thought, I'm in the club all the time anyway, so let's get a job there. And that was in Toronto area. And I was making $8.25 an hour. <laughs> and Big I box. was doing everything. Folding towels, greeting people at the front door, um, vacuuming the pool, uh, um, running people through their programs, um, like everything. But I loved being there. Um, the money wasn't great, but I loved being there. And then that tra- kind of transitioned into training people in their homes. Um, the money was better, a bit more travel, but I really enjoyed um you know, getting to see their kids grow up and really having those long relationships with people and, and helping them, uh, live healthier lives. And, and it was fun. I loved, I loved it. I really did. And I still keep in touch with, you know, almost all the clients that I had over the years. Yeah, it's really fun. Uh, but then I came up with an idea, the equalizer for a body weight strength training tool that I thought would be very useful for trainers and and even for people training in their own homes and, and uh, I thought, we've got to get this to market. And How many years into your journey was that? Uh, I've been training like, oh, geez, like quite a few. I was training in home and, and, and had my own club at the time for quite some time. Okay. Um, so I was already, you know, in the business for 15 years before I, cool. before this happened about 15 years ago. So, yeah. Cool. yeah. cool. And, One thing you yeah. mentioned in there was, I think you mentioned the word passion. You mentioned the word fun. Do you think, I guarantee you've been probably through like, you've probably spent many nights, maybe in tears, like just thinking that everything's going to fall apart through like the most trying times. I'm sure you have through your journey. If you weren't having fun or if you didn't love what you do, because I see a lot of coaches who see coaches who are way ahead and they're like, that would be so amazing to have an audience and to speak on stage. I want to do that. But I think a lot of them fail to realize that you literally need a inner drive. You probably felt this drive to like, you probably got more enjoyment or more of a fulfillment from helping someone than getting the check from them. The check was important because you had to feed yourself, but it was yeah. probably like the test, like the the transformations you got to get people. Would, would you say that's true or false? Yeah, I would say, um, you know, the fact that I love doing what I was doing um, made it easy. And I also have a tremendous amount of drive because I, I have this ability to be able to see. I, I'm big picture. I'm not great with the details. That's why I love having very great. Um, ha- love having staff that are very detail orientated and very like they're specialists. Uh, for me, I like the big picture stuff. And I was always great at doing that with clients, helping them see a better version of themselves. And for me, that got me excited. And when they got excited and I was excited, you know, it just kind of escalated. So that's always been, you know, uh, one of my skills. And I've been always, you know, 
blessed to be able to work on that with myself, but also with my clients. Um, it's funny about the money. One of my clients, actually the one who kind of was a catalyst for me coming up with the equalizer idea said to me, you know, you have to charge me more money. And I was like, Whoa, um, I guess. And she says, you have to charge all your clients more money. And I resisted for weeks and weeks. And I finally pulled the trigger and I lost no clients. And I was now instantly making like, you know, almost a quarter more than I was making before. Um, so she was in business. She understood that. And she was actually the last client before I, when, when Equalizer, when I, when Libra Fitness took off, I had to drop my clients. You can't do everything. And, yeah. and yeah. she was the last client to drop. And I kept trying to fire her. I'm like, Shelly, I can't train you anymore. She's like, no, I don't want another trainer. I like you. You've, you've, you, you know, you're going to someone's house, right? So they have to be comfortable with you. And I said, no, I can't. And then she just one day wrote a check. Um, so this is last session. And then she wrote a check and she slid it across the table. And I looked, looked at the check and it was like way more than I usually get paid. And I go, okay, 10 more sessions. <laughs> right. That's so funny. So that right. Totally. So that, that the product that, yeah, you get, so you gotta, you have to give up. I was just, we had Jason Ferrugia on it and he was talking about the sacrifice he had to make. And it's so easy to, I know for my life, I think I've gone through three or four phases of the business and every time I'd be trying to do two things at once, the new yep. thing and the old thing I was comfortable with, and it was always a sacrifice financially, sometimes 50 or 75% sometimes of what I was making, I had to let go to fuel the next six months, 12 months, and I got pretty good at making sure there was enough money in the account to fuel the next project, but it was always this, it's always this fearful feeling of I'm letting something go that I worked so hard for. Absolutely, yeah, and it was it was tough to let go, and... I sometimes fall back into that where I'm like, oh, somebody contacted me. Uh, I would consider training them again, but I literally can't. It's just not my wheelhouse right now. <laughs> I love that. I love that. So then this idea of maybe you'll have the answer. I'm thinking maybe it was like I need to find a way to leverage myself or I'm. you just had an interest in creating a product. So a lot mm -hmm. of coaches are working one-on-one, -on -one and I'm like, think about once you get busy enough and you become good at what you do, think about creating a product, whether that's a course. We deal with a lot of online courses or leveraging yourself with a group coaching program. You went yeah. a little bit of an opposite direction, and although you have a gym, correct, and you have trainers and you have systems working for you, your first leverage product was the Libert Equalizers, which were your bars for training. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. We launched a physical product, which, you know, in the industry, there's a lot of digital products out there and a lot of trainers are creating a lot of great content and doing online coaching. Um, we took a different route and it wasn't, you know, that we decided to take a different route. I just had this idea that I wanted to, you know, just have, have it take, take a life on its own and, and, uh, just see what we could do with it. Um, so it wasn't necessarily by design, um, it was more by, by just seeing a void in the market and seeing something that I could use with my clients to make them better. So cool. Maybe we could dive into one little thing. Cause I know this is another problem I see is, People will have an idea for a product, whether that's an online course or a program or a physical product like you created, and they're trying to figure out every little detail. You said your big picture, and they almost get overwhelmed, and they end up never making it happen. When you launched your first product, second product, when you launched your gym or anything that you did, did you know every step along the way where you're like, okay, wait, here's the vision, and I'm going to figure this out and connect all the dots? Yeah, I, I, I've been doing some consulting with, you know, um, 
trainers who have great product ideas. And now it's just so easy to get things going. Get your Facebook page up, start inviting people, tell them you're creating the product, get the prototype made, and start letting people know it's happening. Especially if it's an online product, it's easy. So don't wait till everything falls in place in order to do it. Just have the, have at least an idea of your plan, but get it going. Especially now, it's really easy to reach people. I mean, you would be a better expert than myself just on the online marketing and that kind of thing. Um, I mean, we had a physical product. One thing I did have was a business partner whose skill set was much different than mine. At the time, I am a trainer, you know, so uh, I had him on board to source the manufacturing and to work on the distribution and all those things that I wasn't good at. So it was a really good team that way. And then what do you think the most important part, like through the phases of, you know, the sales and marketing and the product development and customer support, what do you think is the most important driver? So someone has a product idea, they kind of have it figured out. What is one yep. of the most important things to do? Would it be sales, like actually selling it, or is it all the little details? Oh, wow. Um, good question. Distribution and sales, I think, are key, especially for a physical product. Um, ideas are cheap. You could have a great product, and if you don't reach enough people and you don't have distribution, um, yeah, it's just going to be a great product that's in your, in your garage. Totally agree. So then why the idea? One of the biggest questions I get is, should I name my – should I be a personal brand? Should I – call myself a, a consultant or a coach under a personal name or a corporate sounding name or should I be, it looks like all of your, you took your brand, you, and mm-hmm. you turned it into a empire and a business. Everything seems to be Libert Systems, Libert Fitness, Libert Equalizer, Libert Straps, all that fun stuff. Was there a method to that madness or were you just like, boom, or was it ego or was it why the decision to call you, you, or your, your business and your products under you? Uh, it was kind of a joint um, uh, decision between my business partner and myself. We didn't want like an ABC brand name. And he's like, Mark, you got a great personality and, and maybe not so much the face. <laughs> I think it's, <laughs> but, it's a great face. Yeah, you have a great, great face for radio, for a podcast. Um, you have a great personality and, and people genuinely like you and you're so passionate about the product. And so it was lack of ego, actually, on his part. He's like, he doesn't want his name on it. He said, you should put your name on it, um, So some, which is great. But some of the risks that are involved in that is, is you know, your name's on it. So you're, you're held accountable for everything. You have to, you know, you have to, you know, show up and, 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 you know, always, <laughs> I can't have somebody else now represent my product. I am kind of married to it in, in such an intimate way. And, and I'm okay with that. Um, but like we talked about just before the podcast, being sick for about a year and stuff, you know, that kind of, there's challenges that way. So, totally. Um, but I think it was the right decision. And uh, it's kind of cool having your name on something. <laughs> I think it's awesome. And I think uh, people ask, but I mean, if you decided to, if you just think about in five years, if you decided to, you know what, I'm going to kind of leave the fitness space and maybe get into, if you had this crazy epiphany that you were like, no, I need to do this. And you wanted to get into designing whatever, some great quote I heard a long time ago, it might've been Gary Vee that talked about it first was people buy you and not the product. Like people trust you. So if you went and you said, I'm going to design a car and all the people mm-hmm. that loved you would probably stand behind you and help fuel that mission. So I'm huge on personal branding. Even yeah. if, I don't. I think you would find a way if you wanted to separate yourself. You could call it the equalizer system. You could separate yourself, have a representative run it, and people would still love you. And you could easily have three companies underneath you in three different sectors, and it would probably be just fine. I don't think you'd skip a beat. 
Yeah, I think that's probably true. People do yeah. um, get to love brands. And uh, we've done something interesting, too, with the name. We have Liebert Equalizer. And Equalizer is almost like a brand on its own. Right. Uh, and it's, it's uh, you know, it's like Kleenex, right? It's actually tissue paper. But I see a lot of equalizers out there that aren't ours, but they call them equalizers. So yes. it's interesting how yes. we've strongly brand, branded that. Cool. So cool. So going back to you mentioned you got sick there for a year, and I don't want to get too too personal. So whatever you're, yeah. you want to share is great. It's probably not the first time that you experienced a crazy setback. So maybe if you're okay with talking about the two or three of, they're not going to be mistakes looking backwards because they were. You probably see them nowadays as, I'm happy I made that because I got to pivot, and if I didn't make that mistake, I wouldn't be here where I am now. But when you're in the moment of a life changing yeah. mistake and you feel like the world's going to end. What were some of those more pivotal moments through maybe your early days that, um, you know, because we look at you and it's just like a nice straight line and everything kind of worked out and I was full on clients and they were offering more money, but I had to say no because I had this project. Everything looks cool. What are some little lessons that maybe you learned along the way? Uh, yeah, probably. Oh, there's lots. <laughs> um, and like I said, when we were chatting earlier, I'm a big failure. Um, but I never really look at, you know, all, all, all higher achievers just look at failure as feedback. Uh, and that's all it is. I would probably in the early days when we're talking about, you know, training my clients and stuff, I would have stopped that sooner and put a little more effort into actually building the brand. Um, I was a little bit diluted at the time. You think that was uh, fear of like a fear was holding you back? Yeah, it was fear. Um, but also, um, you know, you still have to pay bills. And when you're first starting a company, we basically raised a little bit of seed capital, but we, we ran this thing ourselves. So every money, a bit of money we made went right back into marketing the product, getting my butt to trade shows, those types of things. So there was some of it by necessity, but I I would, I could have came out sooner. Um, we, we expanded into different countries, um, outside of North America and, that was something that I would do differently than we did. Um, for example, I went and taught in Spain at a trade show by a distributor and interpreter and all that. And it was fun. I got to see Spain, Barcelona. It's, it was great. And the next year they didn't invite me back. They just created their own product and used my exact mm. presentation. So having not feet on the ground in different countries um, when you expand is not a good thing. Um, it's really hard. It's hard enough to manage your company here in North America and everything that's going on and then bring it overseas. So um, my growth would have been a little more measured and a little more specific with what I wanted to do. Um, so that that was something that would change for sure. And we're getting doing it. Yeah. Getting copied or feeling like someone's stealing from you is... I think we've all experienced it in some form or another is like, is such a hard feeling. And then my competitiveness comes in of like, I will, I will obliterate. Like I literally level up when I feel like that's happening in some way or form. That's just the competitive yeah. in me. I don't know if you, if you face something, that's a hard one. That's tough. It's, it's a brutal one. It took me a long time to get over it. When I first started seeing the copies out there, I was, yeah, yeah, I was seeing red and, and, uh, people around me they're like listen you knew this was going to happen you have to find ways to deal with this and yeah. uh, uh it wasn't easy for me that's my baby and i spent like they don't a lot of people don't see the tr- the tremendous amount of activity that i did to get this to market i mean i would literally be in a starbucks on a weekly basis showing a trainer all kinds of exercises while people ordering their coffee would look at me and what the heck is this guy doing like this is on a 
daily basis we were promoting the product. So once it gets popular and somebody just jumps on that, it's it's very disheartening. Um, but you know, we're the first to market and we have the best. So and you got a personal brand behind it. I think that's yeah. that's probably one of your your big advantages, honestly. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I agree. So cool. And then you mentioned one thing earlier. There, one of your mistakes was. Um, was I just drew a circle because I knew what it was going to mean, but reinvesting. So a lot of times, because yes. we have an employee mindset, some people have, you know, have been an employee for 20, 30, 35 years, and they decide mm. to branch off on their own, and they start making a little money. I know I made this mistake early on, and I bought the car, the motorcycles. Yes. I, just, I was spending money on myself and not feeding the beast, and when that ran yeah. out, I had to sell everything that I owned and make a loss on it because I had to quickly sell it. And I learned a very important lesson of, a very small percentage of what I make goes back to me until you know until it takes off and I could probably buy a helicopter cash. But until then, I'm not even looking at anything like that. I'm more interested in reinvesting in the beast. Um, but it sounds like you kind of understood that from early on. You were just feeding yeah. the beast. And that's the important part of having a business partner who's been there before. Again, I was just a trainer and I feel like I have my MBA in business just kind of hanging around. Uh, John and and working on the business and yeah it was really important and and not the easiest thing in the world to have a way like oh easily half the salary I was making personal training I did great money I, I if I never left that it would have been fine uh, but uh, this is a bigger dream and this is like you know a much bigger project and I'm you know extremely happy with where we are at but yeah taking it take a huge huge haircut. And I see a lot of coaches, they get a little delusional because a lot of the marketing out there, and I try not to to put that out there, although I'm sure I've been guilty sometimes, but putting marketing out there that makes it seem like, oh, you know, we made 50000 or or $100,000 last month or $10 million company, but what they don't understand is usually 8 or $9 million of that when you're in hyper growth phase is going right back into it. Like yeah. you're on a very good salary, but it ain't what it looks like from the outside invest heavily in the growth phase and then maybe you can figure out where do I want to level off and pay myself and finally make it work. Um, yeah. So I like that you shared that. What about one more? What about the early months? So you got, you got sick and it wasn't work-related. I got sick work-related. Yours was a past infection of a surgery you had. Yeah. Yeah. I had, um, I, I used to fight competitively in Taekwondo until I blew my Achilles <laughs> and had surgery. Uh, in February of this year, I was in uh, Philadelphia um, uh, for a certification for Lever Fitness, and it was a uh, Super Bowl weekend, actually, and I got so sick, um, I could hear the party going on <laughs> outside on Sunday, but I couldn't leave my hotel room. I actually missed my flight back. Um, anyways, I had uh, the flu set off an infection, and in, in my um, the staples that were in my Achilles uh, got infected, and it wasn't just until a couple a month and a half ago I got them out. Um, so yeah, it was a long year of, of doctors not really figuring it out until I find one that said, geez, get that fixed ASAP. Mm. Yeah, so um, that wasn't fun. Trying to stay positive for a whole year is not an easy thing. It was in a lot of ways, you know, everything's a blessing in disguise, right? It gives you an opportunity to kind of reevaluate what you're doing and, and, and how you're doing it. You got to see it that way yeah, when you become yeah. a victim of your own story. And unfortunately, it breaks my heart when I see someone a victim of some circumstance that happened when it's just perception. I mean, you can, it's hard when you're in it, but the quicker yeah. you can distance yourself from what's happening and just see it from an outside point of view. I mean, I hear that story and I'm not 
that emotionally attached to it because I can see it from yeah. so far away. But when you're living yeah. in it, and I think that's why consulting and coaching and not trying to pitch anything, but just finding someone, even if you're exchanging some services, but someone from the outside of your situation to just look at your situation and be like, okay, what about this and this? Have you thought about this? Yeah. Like you'll have options, more options than you know that you ever had before. Yeah. Uh, I, I know you're not trying to pitch anything. But I'm going to pitch for you. I think everyone should have coaches and not just a coach, but coaches. And the reason I say that just as of recently, uh, I've hired, um, uh, a marketing consultant uh, who is phenomenal and has just basically audited everything we do, and it's blowing my mind. Amazing. Um, I wish I would have done that sooner. Um, I personally um, started seeing uh, a consultant, just a personal consultant, like a life coach. I used to. I wanted to get back on track with that, and just a few sessions in, I'm already like going, wow. Um, those are some things that I knew, but I wasn't really taking ownership of. Yeah, you got to be ready. Um, yeah. You got to be ready for it. Yeah. 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 And my son and I, uh, he's 14. We're looking for a boxing coach now. So we're going around uh, our town and just finding a club that resonates with the two of us. And uh, we'll get into that. So it's always great to have coaches. That's why I'm really huge on anyone listening to this who's looking for clients. When you tell people that everyone should have a coach, but they're not ready for it, you're doing a disservice. I'm really into attraction marketing. And I do believe that. The only way someone's going to get results is if they're ready. So if you try to sell someone on your coaching before they're actually ready, it's going to create a really bad relationship. I used to do that. Nowadays, it's all about attraction marketing is they reach out, build an attracting system. They reach out to you. They fill out the application. They sell themselves on it, and they're going to get the best results. So as much as I love, I mean, everyone should have a coach. Everyone should have a coach. But when it's ready and you internally feel like I'm ready to level up, now start searching not for me, not for it. Like find the guy who you resonate with and you're like, okay, I can really learn something from this person. And I think you should have many coaches throughout your lifetime. Like always be searching when you get what you want, find the next guy, find the next girl, like always be looking for mentors, I guess. And one of the best ways to get mentors is exchange of value, exchange of money, because then you're fully committed to actually taking it in. Oh, hundred percent. And I was thinking of my first NLP coach, hmm. uh, years and years and years ago. And I always tell the story about how, when the, the student is ready, the teacher will appear, you know, just Absolutely. training one of my clients one day. And she mentioned this guy's running a course. And if she said that five years earlier, I would have said, I don't need that. Right. But it just happened. She said it at the right time and powerful stuff. And yeah. Very. The NLP stuff, if yeah. you can, I'm a practitioner, no, in no means an expert, but I'm constantly reading and obsessed about every time I'm in a painful situation, I'll go back to those books that I used to read and just like, okay, how do I work myself out of this? And it's pretty cool. The changes you can make. Yeah. Aren't they fantastic? I'm just blown away with NLP and how it could be such a powerful tool for trainers to use with their clients. Everything from, mm. you know, pattern interrupts to, you know, um, anchors, those types of things. Powerful, powerful stuff. And pretty simple. And, and simple. In concept, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So cool. Fantastic. So, okay, so everything's been working out. What's next? Like, what do you envision? You said you're a big picture thinker, so you got your products. I know we'll be talking about the summit that you're holding in France. I'm sure that you do a lot of speaking engagements. You probably have a message you want to share. What is your central message, actually? Like, the message that is behind all of your stuff What's what's Lebert's message? Uh, it's funny. I think you just posted about this on Instagram today, and I, I, I think about this often. And I share it with clients. I used to train a cardiologist who um, would say to me, 
you know, client, uh, I guess not clients, but patients would come to them after having a heart attack and swear up and down they're going to change their lifestyle. They just feel so lucky that mm-hmm. they survived. They're going to quit smoking and eat better and, uh, you know, drink eight glasses of water a day, all the things they need to do, exercise regularly. Then they'll come back in a week and my buddy, who's a, who's a, the guy I used to train, who's a cardiologist, uh, Dr. Ian, he would, he would ask them and they're like, no, they're back to the same old habits. And so fear is this, fear is a great motivator, but it's so short term. So if we're going to change the way we do things, because let's face it, most people will continue to do what they've always done. If we're going to change the way we do things, we have to get freaking excited about something. And that is the way we start to generate movement and motivation. It comes from that excitement, you know? So you're either sufficiently scared or sufficiently excited. And if the scare, if the fear doesn't last long, <clears throat> got to get excited about something. Okay. So for me, yeah, for me, that's how I live my life. I get excited about equalizers in every house. And, and all I have to do is think about some kid in Korea teaching a class with equalizers and a step. And he's like, we're doing step and strengthen today and grab your equalizers. Like, I'm good. <laughs> I'm motivated for the day. <laughs> so, so good. Do you use visualization? I know I do. Do you use visualization a lot as part of your daily routine, morning routine, or every time you start feeling lost, do you do you find that's a massively helpful – there's a little bit of – well, not really NLP, but anyway, there's a technique to it. I do it personally. Mm-hmm. But do you use that often or is it just something you've always done so you just take it for granted as something that you are, you do? Yeah, I think I do it pretty, it's, it's almost like exercise for me, you know, yeah. I can't, can't go a day or two without it. So yeah, I'm, I'm constantly, you know, um, the same things I used to have my clients do. We're writing down our goals and we're thinking about them and we're formulating them and, and, and it's, it's a daily practice. Absolutely. I think it has to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So cool. So I ask everyone this question at the end here is, and it's a hard question. So take a minute if you want to think about it. I don't mind a little silence. I enjoy silence sometimes, but if you could pass one thing on, let's say you're 22, 24, and you're like, you know what, you're, maybe you're not, you're not that happy with the direction of your life or what you're doing, and you have a, a gift or a passion or an idea that you'd love to bring in, you have no idea where to start, what's some advice, like a one or two minute piece of advice that if someone asked you and you gave them five minutes, you would tell them with where you are now. Every year, I think we learn new bits of information that we just, our awareness keeps expanding and we'll have a different piece of advice. But with where you are right now and everything you've been through, I ask you, I need, I need, I need, I'm struggling. I need some help. What's a nugget that you'd love to share? Wow. Um, yeah, that's good. Uh, geez. I think for now, for me personally, where I am right now, and I think the biggest growth, I, I've been pretty good at in the past, um, with the big picture stuff that we talked about and the visualization, all that. But the one thing I have not been good at, and the one thing I would suggest that someone at that starting out would be very well advised to start to do is tackle their deficiencies early on. Get right the hell out of your comfort zone. Have for me personally, have those tough conversations, communicate more efficiently and effectively. Those are my, I'm just such a, uh, I'm so talented with, what I do creatively, but I'm horrible at those other things. And every time I've done them, they might've bothered me for months or even years. It was almost like instantly felt better. So So I'm just now in my years starting to get better at it. And that's been a long time. 
So sort of like step into, I'm just trying to sum it up because I'm going to put a nice quote at the end of this whole thing on your page when I create the write-up, but really stepping into uncomfortable, like stepping into situations where you're uncomfortable in to grow. Would that be touching at the essence of it? Yeah. Yeah. Everybody is going to be different. Just as an example, though, for me personally, having a tough conversation, I would do whatever I could Mm. to avoid that. And I knew it needed to be done, so it just eats you up inside anyways. So I can relate to yeah, that. that I like that. Yeah. I like that a lot. Uh, moving forward, you were mentioning, I don't know what you got going on, but if anyone is interested or wants to learn a little bit more about Mark, I'll put all your social media below. But what do you got going on? You got some summit in France coming on and anything else you can share with us if someone wants to uh, maybe learn something or become part of your world? Yeah, you know what? We have so much going on. Um, it's absolutely crazy. We have new products being launched. Um, we have uh, Paralettes now. Um, we have the equalizers, the buddy system, the stretch straps. We have the parallettes. Um, we're doing a lot of private labeling now. So for like Bedros and Fit Body Bootcamp, they have oh, cool. blue and red customized equalizers. They look so sick. Uh, a couple other really big companies are now um, private labeling with us. So we have their colors and their branding on the equalizers. Congrats, which is really huge. fun. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's really, it's great. Yeah, for sure. Pedro's was a really big mentor uh, of mine, as I'm sure he was to you, most likely when you were starting. He was really big in the whole fitness space, um, probably even when you were starting. Yeah. He kind of started around then, too. Yeah, absolutely. No, he's huge and uh, such an amazing guy and been a really big supporter and proponent of, of us and our products. So, yeah, full marks. Uh, can't say enough great things cool. about that. Um, because, because they're, yeah, no, there's, you know, with the knockoffs, there's companies will just, you know, make their own and put their label on it and stuff, but he's a lot of integrity to, to come to, you know, us. Uh, what else? Yeah, we have a summit in France. So we have a master trainer in France. Her, her name is Val and she's just insane. She's a world, like a kettlebell champion. She's a kickboxer and no one rocks our products like her. So I've been meaning to get out there for years and years. So we're doing a mini summit um, February. So if anybody's in that area of the world listening and uh, we're always running educations. Uh, we have our trainers teaching around around the world constantly. So anybody's interested just reach out to us and we can set one up what's the best way to reach out to you um it's easy liebertfitness.com cool i'll put all the links below and i'll 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 shoot you an email to give all of the best links you have if anyone wants to learn more about mark LeBird and your products or your summits or just learn a little bit from you i know you have a personal page and a and a business type page on a lot of your social media when i was investing in you so i'll put all the links for that below mark thanks so much that's great yeah Awesome conversation. Thank you. Thank you so much. All right. So as always, I just want to finish off the episode with saying thank you for listening. These episodes are 100% free and they're dedicated to helping you build your coaching business because there are clients out there just waiting for you to reach them. They're waiting for you to give them a result. So do not give up on your dream and never give up on your business. Again, these episodes are 100% free. All I ask in return is that you give it a thumbs up, you give it a like, you give it a little bit of love in the comments or the reviews, and you share it with one or two coaches who you know could use help building their coaching businesses. That's it. I'm done. Thank you for listening, and I'll see you on the next episode.